Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 29th of May, 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. It's been a damp week here in Hong Kong. I've been smugly walking around the city in plastic sandals and a rain poncho. Some scoff at my outlandish attire, but I saunter by during amber rainstorms unperturbed, knowing I remain dry and comfortable for the rest of the day. In this hot and humid city, we live cheek to jowl with our fellow Hong Kongers, and sometimes we stop in our tracks at the strange things our neighbors choose to wear. T-shirts with inappropriate slogans, puffy, down-filled jackets in 20-degree weather, and face masks, even when you don't have a cold. This week, as we're listening to Gina tell us about a fashion faux pas that she encountered, we'll be checking our reflections to see if we fit in. Or don't. After Gina, we hear a story from Afnor about the strange things he does to fit in. But before we get to the stories today, a huge thank you goes out to our hometown audience for all the support and encouragement we receive. This city is the best. Shoutouts go out too to listeners in Saitama in Japan, Kiribili in Australia, and Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Hong Kong Stories is sponsoring the Hong Kong Spoken Word Festival this year, and we are so pleased that our June 1st show is already sold out. We have two shows and two workshops in the festival this year, which is being held at the Fringe Club. If you want to catch a quickly disappearing ticket or find out more about the festival, please go to hongkongspokenwordfestival.com or follow the link from our website, hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now for my February 2019 show with the theme Direction Unknown. Here is Gina. Who wears men's dress shoes without socks? Nobody does. It's an unspoken rule. Open toe sandals. No socks. Men's dress shoes. Please you got to wear socks. I mean, it's just unsanitary otherwise. The aroma when a guy takes off his shoes that he wore all day without wearing socks. Can you imagine? Right? Although, when I was 14, I wasn't exactly into men's fashion or sock-wearing etiquette. What I mostly cared about was for my pimples to go away faster, for my hair to be shinier, for my boobs to grow bigger, and also politics. I was into politics. <laughs> a bit peculiar for a 14-year-old, I know, but it was the early 90s in Moscow. Post-Soviet Russia was a fascinating time then. My family was very much into politics, vigorous Yeltsin supporter. He won my family over by his promise to build democracy and make friends with the West. Being Jewish, my family also appreciated his opposition during the Soviet times to the institutionalized anti-Semitism when the ethnicity was written in your passport and there were quotas for Jews to be able to enter certain universities and some jobs were not even available for Jews to be considered for altogether. And so Yeltsin had a bit of a drinking problem. I mean, 
He's a Russian man after all. This is, this is just how it is. He's a good man otherwise. So this one time, a friend of mine organized a sleepover weekend in a resort near Moscow for four friends. Two rooms, one for us girls and one on a different floor, very important, for her parents. Sleepovers were not common at all whatsoever. So my mom was a bit apprehensive about the idea, but my friend's parents assured her that they had absolutely everything under control and that there was absolutely nothing to worry about. I was thrilled she agreed. Staying up all night, gossiping about all the boys and who's going out with whom, who's wearing makeup and who's not, I had the time of my life. Contrary to what my one might imagine um, about a post-Soviet resort, right? the place actually had very nice facilities. Swimming pool, ping pong, darts, enough to keep us busy during the day. By late afternoon, we noticed quite a few new guests arriving. Mostly men, mostly in suits. Looked formal, like a formal get-together of a sort. Some of them had jumpsuits, black jumpsuits with big, heavy boots over pants and a symbol of a sort on the sleeve. Football team. Mm, no, I don't think so. Wait, looking for a far, the symbol looked like swastika. Possible? No, can't be. So one of the guests I quickly recognized as a prominent politician at the time, a very vocal activist for the newly re-established Communist Party. He was in his 30s, or maybe 40s, or maybe 50s. I was 14. It was all the same. <laughs> he had um, a goatee, dark receding hair, average height. He was wearing a brown suit and black shirt, exactly how I remembered him on TV. Later that evening, he was sitting in a lounge area smoking. Cheap cigarette smell was adding to an already stuffy air, smelling like an old ashtray. Dim lights, big leather couches, and armchairs. As he was famous, one of my friends came up to him and asked for his autograph. We started talking. He asked us where we were from and what we were doing at the resort. Seemed very polite and very friendly, soft-spoken. He told us that the get-together was indeed a really a real, newly re-established Communist Party gathering. It was a summit to discuss the current pressing issues. As our TV at home was all on the time with news channels being the center of all family dinners, I felt I was well-positioned to keep up with the conversation and ask appropriate questions. So I asked, so what are the pressing issues currently? <laughs> First and foremost, Zionists. <laughs> Zionists. Being Jewish, I did know a little bit about Israel and was somewhat familiar with the term so what I knew was Mount Zion is a mountain in Israel, and that Zionist movement was basically saying that the home for all Jews was Israel. He leaned towards us, 
took another puff, and he looked at us as if he was demanding a full and undivided attention, as if he was about to tell us a secret. Zionists are plotting to destroy Russia. They want to see Russia on its knees. Who knew? Some of our non-Jewish neighbors would tell us sometimes to leave Russia and go move to Israel, where they tell us we Jews belong. I figured they must be Zionists too. Had no idea they were plotting against Russia. Didn't make much sense though. So I decided to clarify. And so who are these Zionists who want to see Russia on its knees? <laughs> Jews are, of course. Who else? Jews are. And it's all a Zionist conspiracy. Being 14, my first reaction was to argue and to prove him otherwise that, in fact, it was our non-Jewish neighbors who wanted us to move to Israel. And we were not that eager to uproot our lives. So, cannot be the Jews. I wasn't that naive to start arguing my Jewish cause in the middle of this neo-Nazi gathering. <laughs> so I just asked, and so how does this Zionist conspiracy work then? Well, did you know, for example, that Yeltsin's real last name is Eltsin? And Eltsin is a Jewish last name. So, huh? Well, you girls are just so naive. That means that Yeltsin was put in power by Zionists to destroy Russia. You see the chaos that's going on in this country? Yeltsin, or should I say Eltsin, and all those sneaky Jews behind the scenes, they're all doing it on purpose. He leaned back, sitting comfortably with one of his feet resting on the other knee. I suddenly noticed he was not wearing socks. <laughs> Dress shoes, no socks. I might have not been into men's fashion or an expert on sock wearing etiquette, but that was just so wrong. <laughs> I wonder how long he had his shoes on today. His Feet must be so stinky and itchy and uncomfortable. I mean, why would you do that to yourself and others around you? You just wouldn't. I could no longer focus on the conversation <laughs> as the snow sock situation was right in my face. And while I probably should have been scared and feeling fear and threat with my Jewish face and curly kinky hair, but all I can think of was his stinky sockless feet. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're famous. I've seen you on TV many times. You should know better. When I came home, I gave my mom a full update on my most exciting weekend ever. Swimming pool, ping pong, Darts, communist party get-together full of neo-Nazis. <laughs> and sure, it is interesting that this communist guy turned out to be a neo-Nazi, but 
Did she know that he actually does not wear socks with his dress shoes? I mean, who does that? I guess neo-Nazis do. Thank you. If only we could really use people's fashion choices to see what's in their souls, life would be so much simpler. Then again, the next time I hear someone spouting racist nonsense, I'll be checking to see if they have socks on. Gina started with Hong Kong stories the same way that all of our speakers did. She came to a workshop. You can find out how to tell your own stories with the skill and talent that Gina has by coming along to one of our workshops. Find out more information at hongkongstories.com. Our second story today is from way back in 2016. Afner tells us about the odd things that he gets up to in order to fit in. If I have to talk about my bad habit, uh, weirdly, I would have to start by describing my dearly beloved best friend, Ted. Now, um, Ted is an architect, and he's a really gifted one at that, okay? And, you know, you, he can draw anything, anywhere, anytime. You give him a pen or a pencil or a knife, he would draw anything for you. That's one thing. The second thing is, um, he's extremely logical. Every time he talks to you, you can see a flowchart pop up into the air. You know, this and then, you know, logical conclusion, this and that. Really impressive. And the other thing is, he is extremely animated. When he talks to you, you can see things happen right in front of your eyes. Uh, eyes. Um, one of the, my favorite things that he does is, you know, every time he's sad, he says, oh, I'm really sad, you know, it's just that. He does that flick. You could almost see the teardrop of, from his eye flying through the air and dropping onto the floor. Wow. I mean, I was really impressed. I mean, I have always been impressed. Still my best friend. And uh, this is how I met uh, Ted. And I'm going to describe that now. And uh, if you listen attentively, you're going to see my bad habit suddenly appear. Um, so it's uh, day one at the university. Everyone is 18. Everyone is, you know, happy with their freedom, you know. Uh, sort of pumped up and all that. And there I was Ted. I saw him talking to the other people. I thought, wow, what a guy. I want to be like him. I want to be his friend. And um, then there was this uh, break between the classes. And uh, suddenly uh, Ted uh, stood up and said, I'm going to go for a smoke break. Who wants to join me? And I said, um, I would like to join you. And then I went, and there were some other guys as well who went. We went outside and uh, uh, sort of huddled around, and uh, everyone uh, took out a cigarette and their lighters. And, you know, no, many, no, no matter how many times you hear that smoking kills, no matter how many of those um, photos that you see on cigarette packs showing you bad lungs and, and everything, the act of smoking just looks cool. You look like a rebel. It's just, I mean, they were there with their, you know, they just took out the cigarettes and the lighter. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't show that to you because I'm holding this. Anyway, so, you know, they t take the lighter, the lighter and the, and they just look cool. And I was there, all of them were smoking. And I was there with my full sleeved shirt, standing there with my hands together, with my specs, standing there awkwardly <laughs> while they were all smoking. And it was only a matter of time before Ted inquired, uh, you need a cigarette or something? I mean, you need to... Um, no, I, uh, I don't smoke. 
what are you doing here? Um, with a quiver in my voice, I said, well, I love the aroma of nicotine. I love burning tobacco so much that I actually joined you. And you could see their, uh, their uh, pupils dilating out of shock, and then an awkward pause ensued. And, uh, you know, they were puffing away, looking cool, and I was still standing there like an idiot. And I thought, wait a minute, I know, I know something that I could say. And then I said, ahem, uh, did you know that um, cigarettes and bananas are exactly the same thing? <laughs> we, cigarettes and bananas? Yes, both of them are natural laxatives. They make your... <laughs> They make your bowels move really fast. I mean, seriously, I mean, uh, I think the smokers among you would testify to the fact that it does. And, and you really, I mean, when you go to take your number two, it, you get the runs really, really fast. And Ted said, that's an interesting point. And I said, yes, I mean, it's the best benefit of smoking. You should go around and talk about it. And that endeared me to Ted. And then we became best friends. Every time Ted would go for a smoke break, no one would join him, but Afnor would join him. That's the thing. And um, so I got this really best, you know, really good friend. I went through the university with him, and uh, we graduated. And uh, then I got, a, got myself a really good job. It was quite good, actually, at the beginning. But anyway, so, um, uh, so, so here I was on day one in the office. Uh, I worked with my manager, introduced myself, blah, blah, blah. And then after two hours into the office, my manager suddenly stood up and said, I'm going to go for a smoke break. Who wants to join me? And you know the answer. Yes, I want to join you. And there I went, you know, downstairs outside the office, and I brought up cigarettes and bananas again. And, uh, you know, it was a tried and tested method. I knew uh, what works. And, you know, my manager was there. I would say some of the other senior managers were there. And they thought, yeah, young chap, promising. You know the thing, you know, millennial and all that. By the way, I'm not that, as old as I look. Um, so... Um, so, so that endeared me. So every time in the office, in the entire floor, actually, if anyone wanted a smoke, they knew who to call. I mean, they, uh, most of them, I don't know if uh, it's the same thing about you. The smokers don't like to smoke alone. They sort of try to huddle together, you know, with someone else. So I would go downstairs. I would have these chats. And, and that's when, um, you know, there are things that they talk about during smoke breaks that they wouldn't otherwise mention inside the office, you know, so, um, you know, a senior manager from a different team would sort of stand around, you know, puffing away and say, you know, and, and that, again, another thing, they look really self-righteous and know it all when they sort of have a cigarette, yeah, and they would tell me, um, did you know Mr. Weatherspoon uh, did not leave the bank on his own accord? He was asked to leave. Really? He was asked to leave? What, 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 what happened? Oh, you know, he had these personal issues with Mr. Bumblebee, and uh, it did not really work out. So um, what, what happened to that project that he was working on, Project Buttercup? Ah, that went up in smoke. It went up in smoke, you know. He got fired and all that. Okay, so, so what are we working on? There's a new project, by the way, you know, and they're looking for new people there. Um... Would you be interested? Yeah, why not? And that's how I made my first career move. I got transferred to a new team uh, within the same organization. And when I moved to that new team, I sort of became a treasure trove of gossips 
from my previous team. You know, they would come, and every time everyone went down for smokes, I would tell them, oh, this happened, that happened, and they would like to listen to my stories and all that. And it kept happening again and again. I made career move after career move <laughs> through smoke breaks, and uh, I moved to Bangkok. From Bangkok, I moved to Paris. From Paris, I'm now in Hong Kong, all down to those smoke breaks and all the people that I met. And I kid you not, I kid you not, uh, the, the manager that, uh, who recommended me here in Hong Kong, I, he was my first manager, and it's the same manager that I'm talking about who was impressed with the banana and the cigarettes. So that's how I ended up in Hong Kong. And um, so through all these years, I made career moves. I met my best friend through smoke breaks. But you know what? I never really got addicted to smoking. I got addicted to smoke breaks. And if you ask me, it is the best bad habit in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to today's story brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Our heroes of this podcast are Kristen, who curated and directed the February 2019 show, and Rong, who stepped in this week to help with the Spoken Word Festival. Thanks for all of your work, ladies. Thank you as well to all the groups who've donated their time and energies to the Spoken Word Festival. It is truly an inspiring community. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. <laughs>